You are listening to Good Ancestors and Local Treasures with Corrine Pierce. Sinwama, welcome. Sintamana, how are you? Pikabitam de Ana, I am your host, Keishi Corrine Pierce. I'm a local pomo basket weaver, traditional artist, herbalist, dancer, storyteller, and cultural educator with ancestry from Lake and Mendocino County tribes. Yawi, thank you for joining me today the first day of May, to take a closer look at some of the amazing people, places, and events that make our home in Mendocino, Lake, and Sonoma counties unique and rich. I'm grateful to be able to share some of my personal heroes and friends who happen to be some of the most influential movers and shakers in our local indigenous community and beyond. The song that you just heard is a two-step dance song by, sung by the late tribal elder Thomas Brown, I am honored today to be joined by two women who are doing big things in our local community, and I'm so excited to introduce them to you. But before we hear from them, I want to take this opportunity to educate everybody about something that impacts our community every day in many ways. The National Indigenous Women's Resource Center and the National Park Partners Work Group on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, as well as the MMIW Family Advisors have organized a National Week of Action beginning today and running through May 7th to call the nation and the world to action in honor of missing and murdered Indigenous women. Today is the first day of MMIW Week of Action. Um, I wanted to share this because this is an important thing and I feel like not everybody knows about it um, and education is one of our biggest weapons so raising awareness is a is a big thing and I um, definitely want to use my voice to do that I'm gonna give you a little bit of history um, native women girls men and two-spirit people have been getting kidnapped at alarming rates since colonization started and it has not slowed down really and um, we are really impacted greatly. Um, I'm just going to go back a little bit. In May of 2018, the White House officially desig designated a National Day of Awareness for Missing and Murdered Native Women and Girls and has done a yearly proclamation every year since. 
over the last five years with tireless grassroots efforts from many folks. Similar proclamations have been made by cities and counties all over the U.S. Last month, a proclamation of the Mendocino County Board of Supervisors recognized May 5, 2023, as the Mendocino County Day of Awareness for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and People. Tomorrow, on May 2nd, the Lake County Board of Supervisors will make a similar proclamation designating May 5th as Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and People's Day of Awareness. I was uh, worried because in my community, in the Native community, this is a big deal and everybody knows about it. And when we talk about it outside of our community, um, not everybody does know about it. So I'm really as my part of uh, this week, of this action week, I'm definitely sharing this. Um, so MMIW is the abbreviation for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. And there are things that you can do to help bring awareness to this issue as it's causing such devastation in our community. You might also see... Um, MMIWG, which is Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls. Sometimes it has a uh, number two at the end of it, so that also represents two-spirit people. Sometimes we spell it all the way out, MMIWG2M, which is Women, Girls, Two-Spirits, and Men. And sometimes people just abbreviate it to MMIR, which is Missing and Murdered Indigenous Relatives. There are some really horrifying statistics when it comes to the issue, um, starting with the fact that in the United States, California is the fifth most dangerous state for natives to be residing in. And most of the cases of most of the missing cases and murdered cases are actually located in northern in the northern part of the state, which is where we all live. 11% of all missing and murdered people in California come from Round Valley, which is very disturbing. So I'm going to give you a few statistics um, so that you can understand why um, our local governments and the government at large are, are making these proclamations. Indigenous women and girls are murdered at 10 times higher than all other ethnicities in the United States. Murder, according to the Centers for Disease Control, murder is the third leading cause of death for indigenous women. More than four out of five indigenous women, which turns out to 84.3%, have experienced violence. More than half indigenous women have been physically abused by their intimate partner. 48.8% of indigenous women have been stalked in their lifetime. This feels really rough to me. <laughs> it feels overwhelming. It feels heartbreaking. And it is. Um, there is no one in our community that is untouched by this. I want to share a quick story about uh, the quilt show that we uh had showing at the Art Center Ukiah that was called Our Safety, Our Sovereignty, and it's currently showing um, over at the Middletown Art Center. When we started that project, we had a lot of things in mind, but we definitely knew that we wanted to raise awareness 
of the missing and murdered indigenous people's problem that we're having in this area. And we decided that we were going to make quilts, uh, portrait quilts of these people. And I'm sorry, I'm probably going to cry. But when we were deciding what to do, I was really taken back by the fact that every single person in that room had more than one experience to choose from. More than one person missing. More than one person murdered in our little community. And it was really heartbreaking. Um, that's just the reality of where we live. And we are hoping to raise awareness. And I have two great guests that um, one of them is definitely going to hit on that. Um, but before we get overwhelmed and sad, I want to... Um, give you things that you can do to help. So here are five ways that you can support the National Day of Awareness for missing and murdered Native women and girls um, and be a part of this week's action. Number one, wear red on May 5th and post a photo on social media with the hashtag National Day of Awareness, MMIW, um, No More Stolen Sisters, MMIW, GM2. Number two, attend an event, a prayer circle, or a candlelight vigil hosted in your community if any are taking place. And there are some taking place. I'm going to let you know about those. So post a list of women and men missing in your community. Create a memorial for those lost and no longer with us. Be proactive in spreading the word about the gravity of missing and murdered indigenous relatives. Press the issue. Contact your supervisors. Contact the government. Contact everyone that you can and let them know about this. Um, there are some websites that I suggest that you look at if you want to get some more information. There is nativewomenswellness.org slash MMIW. Uh, you can look at the National Indigenous Women's Resource Center, which is NIWRC.org, nativehope.org, MMIWUSA.org, and culturalsurvival.org are all um, websites that have more information for you. And I also want you to know that on May 3rd, there will be a candlelight vigil at the west steps of the California State Capitol that goes from 6 to 8 p.m. There's lots of stuff going on on May 5th. Um, at 3 p.m. in Covalo, there will be an event. Uh, if that's far away from you, from 2 to 7 in Lakeport um, at the Lake County Tribal Health. Uh, also from 5 to 9, if you're not in that area, at Yakima in Forestville, there will be an event. And on May 6th, there will be a march in Sebastopol. So these are the things that I wanted to share with you. And I um, hope that you learn and share this information that I gave you today. So on the heels of that, I invited my first guest today, and her name is Madonna Feather Cruz. 
um, we are like ships that pass in the night. <laughs> we do a lot of volunteer in this volunteering in the same area. Um, and I know that she has been working with youth talking about, uh, and bringing awareness to MMIW. And I'm super excited to have her here. Welcome, Madonna Sintamana. Good morning. Thank you so much for uh, having me and inviting me on to your show. Uh, my Lakota name is Wichapilutawin, which translates in English language to many stars women. Uh, my given name is Madonna Feather. And uh, I'm named after my aunt Madonna uh, Thunderhawk. She was uh, involved with the American Indian movement. And uh, so I have big shoes <clears throat> that I've had to fill uh, since birth. <laughs> um, and that's okay. Um, but so, so yeah, so thank you for having me on. Uh, yeah, as most recently, uh, so yeah, MMIW, you know, uh, I'm thinking what, what should I say here? Um, and so what I'm thinking of uh, is, as a baby, you you remember things. You remember good things, bad things, uh, smells, um, maybe happy times, maybe sad times. <clears throat> and as a, a baby, I, I lived in Napa, California, um, and I lived with my mom, my dad, my grandma, grandpa. Uh, there, it was always a houseful. It seemed like, uh, and and there were meetings there that happened a lot. Uh, AIM meetings, American Indian Movement meetings. Uh, uh, Cesar Chavez, I remember him coming there and they were talking about, you know, grassroots organizing and and, uh, there were Black Panther meetings that happened, you know, at that table. And and I remember uh, there was a sad call. And I didn't remember, I didn't know, right, because I was a baby. But I remember everybody was crying when this call came through. And I asked my aunt Myra and I later years, probably I was maybe 13 or something or 11, 11 to 13. I said, what, why was everyone crying like one time? And she's like, oh my God, you remember that? And I said, well, I just remember everybody being sad. And and I didn't like that, right? I didn't like that as a baby. You know, I think I was like two years old. So the call, she said, it was, it was John's um, family. And, and she was talking about John Trudell. So he, he had a wife named Tina and, uh, and it was, it was, their house was burnt down. Um, I, we don't know who, you know, I, the stories go that it was the, our government. Um, and, and I thought, you know, okay, so, so this man who's, you know, a poet activist and just trying to bring rights to, to our people, you know, with my uncle Russ and my aunt Madonna and, you know, all these people who are trying to do good work and, and they kill his wife and they kill the three babies and they kill the, his mother-in-law. And I, and I am thinking now like MMIW and that's my first memory of, a, of murdered. Right. And it's, it's really sad. It's really, really sad that, uh, so that was like a 19, 19- 79 that was a long time ago you know um and the millions who have came after that have it's happened to and you know i've recently um my daughter graduated from high school so i i have a free time right to give back in other ways so i am 
volunteering a lot of my time to the big picture schools, uh, Ukiah, Windsor, Cloverdale, and Fort Bragg. And I, I'm telling them about, there's a lot of natives and indigenous kids at these schools. They're like continuations, but like they're, they're, they're not continuations because the kids are thriving and they're looking forward to their futures because of the big picture uh, dynamic that is written into the school. And so I'm, I'm doing my little workshop that I do with them. And I was at uh, Ukiah last week and uh, I played them a very short video because some of the kids, I invite the whole school in so they don't have to be native. So the non-native, you know, um, I'll say cowboys, they come in, you know, and uh, they have no idea what is, what this MMIW is. And so in Ukiah, I did my workshop and, um, you know, some of the non-natives, they, they just had a lump in their throat. They just could not believe what they were seeing, hearing, and then feeling, right? So I do the work. I show them the video. I, I uh, bring red bandanas and I let them paint after they, uh, they watch the video. And, you know, we were able to talk about things uh, after, after the video is playing, how they feeling, you know, how they're feeling, what are they going to do? What action are they going to take, you know, to, to, to prevent this, you know? And, and one thing I said to them, I, I said, uh, are, are any of you guys, um, you know, teen parents or uh, pregnant now or have friends and, and like some had friends, right. And then none were. And I said, Oh, good, good for you guys. <laughs> you know, uh, cause I am a teen parent. And uh, I said, you know, but as a teen, I, me and my boyfriend, um, we, we made a pact that, you know, we would, we would never fight over our kid in that we would only take care of our baby. And uh, my baby is now 29. And you, you worry, even in, in, in he's a boy. So you worry about your ch child, whether it's a boy or girl, but as a native, you worry that they're going to be taken or murdered. And that really is bad, <laughs> you know? And so, um, you know, as a young, as a, as a 12th grader, you know, um, pregnant person, you know, we, we made that pact that we would never uh, be ugly to each other be, do, you know, due to our kids, like we, we love each other. So we're going to continue that love, no matter if we make it out or together or not, we're going to always protect our baby and try to just, you know, sustain their life. Right. And so, I told them, I said, you know, you guys are not parents now. I said, but you will one day. So please, whoever you choose to be that parent, make sure that you're going to take care of the baby until you die. You're going to worry about your baby until your last breath. And they're just that. I don't think they ever heard, you know, because they're like, oh, man, <laughs> you know, um, probably just thinking about like, I don't want my baby to die. I don't want my baby to be murdered, you know, and. And it's not an easy task because uh, me and my husband will be together now um, 32 years this Thanksgiving. And we have a 19-year-old daughter. And I, I was told at a young age that I would never have children. And so my my first, you know, when I was pregnant in high school, it was a blessing to me. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm, I'm blessed, right? And, and I am. I love my son. Um, I love my daughter. But we worry about them. We worry about them where they're going, where they're, who they're hanging out with. We have the fentanyl pandemic or epidemic of, you know, fentanyl kids are good. Kids are dying from that, that, you know, they're just experimenting. 
and not only natives like all all nations are all all races are dying from it and and who created that right i, I didn't <laughs> you know our government created it and it's like so terrible um and one thing i'm hearing from youth is like the native youth is like they they want to they want to try stuff they want to party because they don't think they're going to live and and that's crazy to me like i i use my kids a lot as a, as examples of of what life could look like what what you can be because you could be anything you want to be and go travel wherever you want to travel and you you may not have money to do that like up front but uh like my daughter her teacher in ninth grade my daughter was only like 13 and, and the teacher said i just love your daughter so much i want to take her to china and i was like hell no uh, and i said okay let's talk about this and so the lady was a very wealthy lady and uh her her and her husband and their children went to a different country every 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 year for you know holiday and i'm like oh my god i'll never afford this and so i was able to afford it because i did old school like layaway payments to this program that she was you know whatever program she was using Expedia or something I don't know but she was able to go to China with her big brother they're 10 years apart and so he traveled with her until she was 18 years old to so she could know how to travel so she could be safe so she could not be taken and murdered and she travels all over the place now uh she's 19 she'll be 20 this year but she travels she's not afraid and, and that's what i want for all of our native indigenous it, it just our youth in general is to know that they could go to san francisco and be safe you know and it's just us teaching them like i am teaching my own house like how to be right my own children who are adults but i still give them advice and I feel like sometimes I hear someone say like, oh, well, you know, she's my daughter's 18. Um, she she's got she knows what she's doing. And I I say to that friend or person or relative, like, no, your your daughter's just trying to figure it out right now. You need to hold her close until she's 24. Like our brain's not fully developed until the age of 24. And so when I'm talking with people or, you know, mentoring people, um, it's you know we do opening prayers and land acknowledgements and we pray for the children but like we have to really do that <laughs> like we have to do that like daily um and so with with my work my community work i i mentor youth even their parents because sometimes you know they didn't they weren't raised right we didn't know and and i made so many mistakes with my first kid right because my brain wasn't fully developed but i you know i i tried and tried and tried and i never gave up um and so taking parenting classes and i love um al Pulley. he he has this curriculum fatherhood and motherhood is sacred addressing family generational violence a suicide prevention all these things that we like are born into that we don't know how to do right like so some parents that somehow some of us we don't have a mom dad we're raised by our aunt or uncle whoever could take care of us or foster care you know we're taken from ICWA. so the having that curriculum is like really um amazing i'm actually doing it right now with my son who has no kids um with uh sonoma county indian health and it's really fun because we were able to talk about like stuff i did wrong and you know work through that and uh so just thinking like as far as mentoring you know i i joined join boards uh, my kids have always went to board meetings with me uh, when i lived in napa 
it was very white. And so I, I was like the only native there on a lot of boards. And uh, they would always say like, oh, why are you bringing your kid? Don't, don't they have a dad? I thought you're married. And I'm like, I'm, I'm teaching my kids. And they'd be like, oh, my God, that's such an amazing. Oh, wow. That's, oh, you know, and <laughs> it's so funny. But, you know, just continuing to teach them. Um, they do community service as well. Uh, I try to bring them into activities that I'm doing so that they can learn. And and I'm I am a lifelong learner. I, I learn something, you know, every day. And with with our MMIW, I just feel like it could be prevented if before the baby's born, what are we gonna do with this baby? And I, I wish I had 10 babies, but I only have two. Um, but I have a lot of kids. I mean, I, I, I meet the kids that I work with and I, I fall in love with them. And I talk to them about mental health. I, I am a person with mental health, uh, disabilities and, and I'm not ashamed to say that. And I am thankful to my mom that when I was a little girl, she put me into counseling for it consolidated. And it was like this small little, I've driven by it on Dora Street. It was so small. Oh my God. It was like probably a duplex space right and but my very first counselor was jenny marufa from kashaya and it wasn't like a counseling but it was like she was teaching me how to be a young lady you know and and i'm so grateful um but i had sadness right like i had all this sadness uh from grief and i feel like we all suffer from grief so i feel like we all have some sort of mental health disability and there through the department of rehab what i've found out is that if you are a person with disabilities and you go into the department of rehab and say i'm a person with disabilities i want to become an attorney or i want to become i want to become a doctor of er, herbs of 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 whatever they they're gonna they're gonna pay for that they're gonna pay for it and um so i tell my youth if they you know if they if i see that they have glasses or i see you know, they have a bracelet with the, with the, with the medical thing, you know, I'm like, don't, don't be ashamed of that because your whole education could be paid for. Like, and if you don't want to, if you don't know what you want to be, that's fine. You know, and yeah. So, you know, some teachers I run into also, they have no, they have no idea. They have no clue. And just changing the trajectory of like their thought, I, I feel is really, really important because they think of us, you know, as, um, you know, a dumb, drunk Indian, you know, and that's, that's not what we are. <laughs> you know, we're, we're thriving. We're, we're trying to make it. And yeah, the cultural competency that the, that every non-native, I, I just feel like they're lacking, <laughs> you know, they're really lacking in it. Uh, I've, I've heard so many times, you know, non-native coming back into the meeting. Okay. Let's, let's start the powwow, you know? And I'm like, hold on, hold on, Tim, you know, like, this isn't a powwow. Um, but yeah, I just feel like for us to stop the MMIW is just to, to take care of our kids and not, uh, you know, be, be mean to them when they're 18 and they don't know what, they don't know what is going on yet. And I'm on the board, uh, it's called Redemption House of the Bay Area. And there's two survivors of sex trafficking um, and their story is really, really impactful. And 
and, and hard to listen to. But uh, what we're doing is, you know, we're just trying to help uh, people who have been human trafficked. And that's happening a lot on the reservations. You look at uh, other states where there's like the main road going through uh, um, on Showtime, there's a big, big horn or something like that. But it's like all about Montana in the hundreds of girls that are just gone and like they could have it shows like oh they could have just jumped in a truck and like went to canada or to some other state and no one knows where they're at the numbers are so so high uh and i'm thinking now um to to my cousin and i really loved her i thought she was such a good dancer she she lived in Covalo and uh her name was trisha batiga and I want to say I was maybe, I was eighth grade, so what, however old that is. Um, but I wanted her to come to a conference with me so, so bad. And I like cried about it. <laughs> and her mom was non-native. And uh, she said, no, you're not, she's not going with you. And and I was so sad. I didn't want to go to the conference. But I wanted her to come. And my grandma's like, nope, you're going. This, you have to go. And in that night uh, that we were there, she, my, um, uh, my cousin, uh, she ended up passing away. And uh, I think of her often and, and I miss her still. And she went out, you know, to, she went out with her big sister and, you know, one of my other cousins uh, was drunk driving and she ended up dead. And so I feel like we have to take care of ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally, and as Indian people, you know, spiritually. So I'm very grateful to be on here and to uh, chat with you. Uh, I hope I didn't ramble off too much. And I hope that somebody got something out of it. <clears throat> Thank you so much for being with me today. This is a hard thing to talk about. This is, is a really <laughs> heavy subject. Like, I'm yeah. over here crying just because you're like, <laughs> I'm triggered because I'm I'm thinking about all of these people all of these people through my whole life in every generation um missing murdered and and not not receiving justice is is another huge part of this but um thank you so much for being here before we go before you go is there any way that people can support you or support um projects to raise awareness for this uh, sh people could follow me on Facebook. It's just M Madonna Feather on Facebook. Um, I I love Facebook. <laughs> so me too. I'm old. To <laughs> I'm never gonna give it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, just reaching me on Facebook, uh, Madonna Feather, uh, is how I could be. Yeah, we Madonna. Thank you so much for for being here with me and for taking on this this hard subject. And I look forward to seeing what you do um, during this Likewise. week of action. Likewise, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You are listening to KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah at 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You're listening to Good Ancestors and Local Treasures with Corrine Pierce. I just finished talking to Madonna Feather Cruz, and I am about to welcome my second guest, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I learned her name as Ui.
But I'm sure she has a real grown-up name that she's going to share with us any second. Um, Uwe, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, Sintamana? Aloha kakayaka. My name is Uilani Wesley. I'm a Kanakamaole from Hawaii. I'm originally from Oahu, here on Honumoku, on Northern Pomo land. I'm the executive director of Hakakodile, um, a new and growing um, indigenous woman-led nonprofit. Um, we are here on six acres of land of Fortunate Farm on Northern Pomo land, uh, which they call Casper. And um, we are creating a beautiful weaving of healing, um, which is a, a, a new experience for all of us is to um, weave a, a different pattern of, of healing here on this um, six acres of land. And so we are unlearning and learning together on how to do um, land stewardship and healing together in a beautiful way. I'm also a grandmother who I'm home with my um, my little mo'o, my grandson, Ikaika, and I'm a mother of three, um, Asby, who serves in the Air Force, um, Ananda, who is my beautiful middle child and is um, creatively weaving her own path on this earth and creating her own company of laymaking and creations. And... Uh, and then I have our youngest, Anyawu, who is um, bringing in new life. She's actually in the bay right now, checking on her, my our baby Mo'o coming in June. So um, I'm I'm honored to be here. I thank you so much for for creating the space and for inviting us um, to be here, for inviting me to be here. I'm so honored to be able to share a little bit about what I do in my journey here um, as a visitor, as a guest here, um, my tutu and my ohana has always taught me to um, wherever you be, to be a good land steward and to always give back in a good way, especially to the indigenous people of the land you live on. So that's mostly has been my journey. Um, I connected through some wonderful, beautiful people through my journey of healing through cancer and was um, connected to this beautiful farm, Fortunate Farm, and Gowan and Ellen and Jeff were three beautiful, three beautiful um, um, examples of people doing the work of actually showing up and doing their best to um, um, not only support their indigenous, indigenous um, friends, that they have met, um, but also to do um, better work on the land also. So it was, it's been beautiful that they opened up the space for us to lease. And we leased six acres of their beautiful farm for $2,500 a month um, to create something beautiful. And to I call it that it's the beginning journey of, of actually re rematriating this land in a good way because I eventually... Um, from what I believe, this this land will be a beautiful land backstory, and will go back to where it rightfully belongs. Um, I'm also a laymaker and a um, activist 
for the land and for the people. Um, I'm a singer in Mama Goes Funk. Um, and I'm forgetting that I would really like to um, honor my path and how I walk here on the land by um, um, opening um, correctly with a chant called Ehomai. Ehomai is is pretty a common chant that a lot of Kanaka do to start a day or start the, um, in a good way um, because we are we are having to talk about so much heaviness of of murdered and indigenous women, which um, Hawaii is, has its its share of of a lot of women and, and indigenous people that have been missing and are still missing and have been murdered. And um, so I'd like to chant, if I may, um, with Ehomai. Ehomai was written by Edith Kanaka Kanaka Ole. This is her chant, and it's just opening up um, and asking guidance that anything that we experience and taste and touch and hear and say, and that may it nourish us and may we share it um, in a good way. Eh my kaike my luna my ye O na me una noeo O na me le Eh my Eh my Eh my Eh my kaike my luna my ye O na me una noeo O na me le Eh my Eh my Eh I give a big oh. hanu, a deep breathe in and out for everyone um that is um has felt the effects and had to so just be in the this hard journey of the MMIW movement and um I honor them and and send them strength through this journey. Um I also say this this Oli on behalf of my Ohana. I am the granddad granddaughter of Samuel Kalani Kaeo and Victoria Kulani Kaeo um made in name Liu and my mother, my birth mother, Rita Lehuanani Kael, and my my daddy, rest may he rest in peace, Robert Moore. Um, and it is you what you said earlier. It is right. We get so emotional um, when we have to talk about murdered and indigenous um, people missing. That it's it. Um, it is it is hard thing to talk about. I'm a survivor of a brutal brutal rape, and that could have been me. So this touches in a deep deep way that that story I could have been one of those stories. And thankfully, I am still here. I am still here to share, um, to share my resiliency and to share my truth to hopefully heal others. Um, and it's a hard walk to do, but, um, you know, I, 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 um, hold myself accountable of walking a, a really, um, 
responsible walk here on this earth and try to teach and also be willing to learn. And, um, you know, that's not an easy walk. And creating this beautiful space here in Northern Pomolan on um, Hakakodile uh, means that I do work that I'm not, uh, I, I wasn't really prepared for, which is reaching out um, in a different level to our um, beautiful, resilient indigenous community here and, and welcoming them in a good way. And um, sometimes my Kanaka ways are not really the ways that they do here. So I have to step back and, and listen and learn um, and really truly listen to the land. She speaks to me very deeply. I've laid on her many a times on my healing journey, begging for my life, begging for forgiveness. And she has taken it and she has welcomed me and um, this lands on a beautiful aquifer. And I, I visualize that all the pain and suffering and stories and that um, I have spoken to her face to face, honing her nose to nose to the land and me. Um, she has taken it and it's gone out to the sea and just, you know, dispersed. Um, so being, being able to create this space to, to give her back her native tongue in our, in my walk of or in my ancestry, um, having your name and your native tongue gives you power, gives you strength. So that was one of the promises that I made to this land um, is that I would a make a space and a way for her people to come and gather and eat and nourish themselves and heal themselves, but also to give her back her strength by um, not like she didn't have her strength already. She's resilient and powerful, but I wanted to um, make sure the gift her back her name and her native tongue. And thanks to Buffy Wright and Buffy Schmidt and um, oh, Auntie from Kashaya, we're forgetting what her name is. Oh my gosh, this is awful. Um, oh, and Clarence and 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 my mother and um, tribal mother and and mentor Edwina Lincoln. Um, you know, took me on a journey when I when I was trying to get find a name for Hakako Dile, you know, they made me do the work and, um, you know, it was humbling and tough and emotional and a lot of driving, but um, I was humbled to do it so I could um, gift this, this land a, a name that felt right. So my um, understanding and what I've been taught is that Hakako Dile means, um, and I'm working on saying it better every day and um, I still have work to do is Northern Pomo for the water runs through the meadow. And um, this water runs through the aquifer underneath this land. And I feel and even non-native people who have come here have felt that this land was very healing. Gowan and Ellen talk about this land being very healing to them as their family. So um, we have created this, what I say, a great sisterhood between Fortunate Farm and Hakakodele of doing some weaving together that I don't think um, a lot of people get to witness of non-Indigenous and Indigenous people coming together and meeting each other at a halfway point and really being willing not only to listen to each other, but to do the work together um, to create a visibility that I don't think um, 
is is create is created enough here especially in this small town of fort bragg and mendocino i think a lot of us still have a lot of work um you know i'm beautifully i'm creating weaving of visibility with lavender grace and the mendocino film festival of having an, an indigenous um cinema and to be in the big tent instead of you know a little tent and tokenizing indigenous people you know but sometimes you know that just takes the creating opening those windows of people and, and making them realize that when I say decolonizing, it's us digging deep within our root systems of self and our people, what our people came, you know, where came from, what did we eat? What did we sing? What was our ceremonies? And then learn that and come back and we all gather together in a deep, more mindful way of truly fixing the frayed fabric that I think exists in this on this earth of connecting in a more deeper, truthful way. And sometimes those truthful ways is having those conversations with organizations in this town, which I'm willing to do for for um, for the sake of 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 the people of this land is to say what kind of indigenous responsibility, you know, indigenous visibility do you do? Or how do you give back to the people of this land? Um, it shouldn't take an organization to remind you that you can give back a certain percentage, you know, to this beautiful area here, Sherwood Valley. You know, you could give back some of that money that you have these big festivals on back to Sherwood Valley. You don't need somebody to tell you or to open up a space. You could just um, humble yourself and give back a portion as just respect of being having these big events on this land. And so that's part of my journey is going to go speak at a lot of the organizations here. I had a wonderful talk with um, our local Lions Club. I mean, a Rotary Club, not Lions Club, Rotary Club and Grassroots Institute. And, um, you know, and I'm hoping to have more talks and share what we're doing, but also hopefully plant some seeds of, um, of not doing the mouth service anymore and actually doing the walk of showing up and, um, bring awareness of even the MMIW. I, I was trying to wrap my head around of what we can do. And for the Mauna, for my people, I just spontaneously had a gathering by the ocean of asking folks to come with flowers and, and we make a lay for the land and honor my people in, in Mendocino up on one of the cliffs. And, and now it's like, now I, in our small little town, put out an event to like, let's all come together for MMIW and wear red and, um, put out, you know, stand together in a in a good way, and you know, create a more more visibility to what's this atrocity that's happening to our indigenous women, to our indigenous men, our indigenous um, mahus, or or as you say, two spirits. Um, it is tragic, and we as people need to stand together to to bring awareness and to um and to um create safe spaces for our youth and our people to be and in return it creates safety and 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 safety for everyone um but we have to start off with what's the highest rates of murder and and um that is unfortunately indigenous people in many of places and that's what folks don't understand is that this is truth and truth makes you Truth makes you uh, um, uncomfortable sometimes, um, 
but sometimes we have to sit in that uncomfortableness to be able to come out on the other end to do actually some work. So I thank you for being that voice and for um, speaking truth about this because I, I don't think we all talk about it enough, just as like, just like folks don't even talk about what land they are enough that it is time we, we, we should all do better on um, saying where, where, what land that we are on and giving respect and um, creating spaces to create visibility on, on these, um, these events that need more attention and need more support so we can make some really, really um, deep changes and weave a different pattern of healing um, on this earth together. Oh, very well said. Thank you so much. Um, I have a question that I want to ask you, and I think it's it's a good time. So I I stalk you on Facebook most of the time. I see you in real life, but unfortunately, it seems to only be at sad events that we see each other. Um, but I I am in love with your lays. Can you I uh, can you explain those to me? What they are, what they represent, how people can support you. I know you do lays for graduation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Can, can you talk to me about that? So I know that they're so important in in your culture, and I I want to hear about it, those, please. <laughs> it is. It is. I am so proud to still practice my culture here as much as possible. Besides lay making, I sing, and I used to do a papahula class with my couple of my kanakas here on the coast, Kainoa. Um, so um, I make lays all year round. Um, I mostly make them for graduation, but I make, um, I make lays uh, all year round for, um, so a lay is, well, from what I was taught and everybody's, um, you know, truth about lay making is all different for, but me, what I was taught is when you make a lay, you're making a lay to adorn um, somebody that you love and honor them on um, an achievement or an accomplishment or, um, you know, even sometimes as of a passing, um, a lay was pretty um, kind of open to, um, you know, what kind of levels of honoring somebody it could be death or living, um, but it's an, an adornment and you make it with good intentions. So you go and harvest fresh flowers and um, weave them together or braid them together or string them together to go around somebody's neck um, to to honor them. And so I make it a point to, I create money lays, which is, you know, a more modernized lay, but one of my biggest sellers of lays because money doesn't go bad and you can order it all year round. And then, um, a lot of um, graduates, they save them. I have a graduate that is 26, I think is 26. And he still has his lay from graduation from when he was 17. And he doesn't want to undo it. He said, that's like my savings bank. I'm only going to undo it Ui, when, um, when I really need it. But I just love hanging it in my dorm or, you know, um, now he's moving into his apartment in, in Santa Rosa. And he loves hanging it in his apartment as a reminder of his accomplishments. And that is, that's why I do what I do. You know, I, I make flower lays, I make ribbon lays, I make um, money lays. I do um, lay um, classes here. 
haven't done big classes here, but I'm working on creating a, um, a series of lay um, classes here at Hakakodele. Um, so I'm honored to teach um, my lay making, but it's important to remember the spirit part of creating, which I think a lot of folks don't do right now is to put good intentions and that it's not just folding something together and slip, stringing it onto a string. It's, it's actually putting good intentions to each fold, to each flower you pick. Be mindful how many flowers you pick, how many leaves you pick, so you don't overpick. And so the processes are very different um, through a lot of arts and crafts um, classes that I've been through of, of just being mindful and being more in the spirit of, of a different type of giving because you're giving part of yourself in this creation you make to the person you're honoring. Oh, those are so beautiful. I cannot wait to order one from you someday. Um, so before you go real quick, is there any way that people listening can support you or how they can follow you and find out the cool stuff that you're doing? Yeah. I am Ui, Ui Wesley on Facebook. I think I'm Ui Mama on Instagram. My daughter helped me create it. Thank you, Ananda. Um, I am in the, in the executive rec uh, director of Hakakodile, and I'm working on finding a different name for that because that sits so uneasy with me because it seems so um, colonized. So hopefully that will come <laughs> a different word for that that position. Um, you can um, connect with us at hakakodile.org. It's X-A-K-A-K-O-D-I-L-E.org. And check out our website and sign up and see some of the wonderful classes. Or if you have something to offer to um, do a class here at our um, living medicine cabinet or in our beautiful barn or out in our 40-foot um sharing table we welcome you to contact us and we welcome you to come weave some healing and truth and nourishment here on Hakakodele. oh thank you so much thank you madonna thank you uli for being here with me this morning i hope you have a great month and you um have a lot of stuff that you get done for our week of action I'm so, uh, I was so blessed. We were blessed to hear Madonna and Uwe this morning. And I want to leave you with a song that I like very much. It is called Remember Me by Fawn Wood, Randy Wood, and Carlos Nakai. And I want to play it in honor of everyone that we are missing today. Yeah.
of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.